begin reading in verse 33. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been His counselor? Or who hath first given to Him, and it shall be recompensed unto Him again? For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Last week we talked about the question of why are we here? Tonight I'd like to ask the question, how did we get here? And I'm sure that if I asked enough of us, there would be someone to say, well, I got here in my car. You know, I was driven here. That's how I got here. Well, I want to look at it in a little deeper way. How did we get here on this planet? How did we end up here on earth? Why are we here? Well, we know God put us here, and that's what we're going to look at tonight. The answer, if I was to ask that to several people that have no affiliation with Christianity, I think the answer many times would be, well, it just happened. Something happened that made it all turn out the way it has today. Some would say that life is said to evolve from lower life, which in turn evolved from non-life. And all of it is seen simply as an accident. When we look at our world that we have, the nature that has been created for us, we look at that, some people would say, well, it was an accident and it just happened and it just ended up this way. And that there is really no purpose, no intent for why we're here. We're just here. But look at the world. Look at the world around us. Look at nature. It is filled with interdependent systems where multiple subunits of those systems are dependent upon or have to be in their place for it overall to work. You take one of those elements out and it creates a problem. Think of how the parts of our bodies work together. Just for instance, look at the eye. There are parts of our body that's really just amazing when you think about our eye. How does that work? How is it that you can look out there, or I can look out there and I can focus uh, on people way back in the back up here in the front, and I can see lights and colors. I can see all of these things. That didn't just happen. Think about our ears for us to be able to hear. Now I know sometimes as parents we look at our children and say, can you hear? But their ears are working. Because it's amazing if you're a hunter, you can go out in the woods, and it's amazing that you can hear a squirrel in a tree at a great distance away. Or you can hear a deer that's walking up. Even though the wind may be blowing, your ear can pick that up and you can decipher the difference in what's coming your way or what you hear. And that's really amazing when you think about it. And I've said it before, just your hand and all that your hand can do. How many things that it can carry and do and function all at the same time. That to me is just amazing when you think about it. You go to the grocery store and you get things out of the car and you just load it up and you got something on every finger, but yet you can still manage to get the keys out of your pocket and still stick it in the lock and still get the door open. It's amazing how the body works. And random accidents don't produce 
such complex systems. Well, think about that. How many of us have seen on the news in some country, maybe even our own country, where an explosion has taken place? Maybe a terrorist set off a bomb. Maybe some gas leak caused some enormous ex explosion. And what does that cause? I have never seen one of those things take place and something good is created out of that. About the only thing that you could say is good in a situation like that is that human beings come together and try to work to fix the problem or to help the people that are injured or hurt. But if I took a bomb to the junkyard and I blew up the junkyard, I'm not going to end up with a Lamborghini. I'm going to end up with a pile of rubble and pieces of cars that are scattered in different directions. What is interesting, when you look at science, science contradicts that claim that it just happened. The law, the law of biogenesis states that life only comes from life, that it does not spontaneously rise from non-life. That is a law. A law means it has been solidly proven and there is nothing that contradicts it. That it exists. There's evidence to prove it. And so it's a law. But yet for evolution to be true, it requires that that law be broken. When you look at nature, and you look at the laws of nature, which God put in place, they don't change. They stay the same. There are variations in species, but never a different form of life arises from another form of life. Fish produce fish. Birds produce birds so on and so forth. You don't plant corn and expect to get beans. You don't plant beans and expect to get carrots. For decades, people have looked for the missing link. And occasionally you'll hear that someone, oh, we found it. And then only to find out that it was some something somebody made up. <clears throat> that it really wasn't a missing link. None of this begins to address why people are different than animals. I know we love our dogs and our cats and we treat them like family members. But when you look at your dog, as wonderful as that pet may be, there's a big difference between you and that animal. Why are we, as human beings, creative? My dogs, and I've had a lot of dogs over the years, and I haven't ever seen them create anything. Why do we have a sense of right and wrong? Why do we feel guilty over doing things that we know that we shouldn't do? even when we don't get caught. 
Because we're different. How did that happen? Do animals even wrestle with the ideal or think about the question of where did they come from? When I look at my dogs, I'm not sure what goes on in their heads. But we we wrestle with those kind of thoughts. Where did we come from? Why are we here? And the Bible answers those questions for us. And the Bible tells us that we are here and have been created for a purpose. You have your Bible, turn over to Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In verse 2, it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. In the very beginning of the Bible, it tells us how this world came into existence. And we see the chaos that was there. It was without form. It was void. And there were things that needed to be changed. And we see how God continues on in creation. But there in the very first statement of the Bible, we find the source. We find where this world that we have, this, this planet that we live on, this universe that we exist in, where it came from, and it came from God. And then we can move on down and we can see where plant life is developed. That God created that in Genesis chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. And it says... And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed, and fruit trees yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Why is it that when we plant beans, we get beans? Why is it when we plant corn, we get corn? Why is it if we plant carrot seeds, we get carrots? Why is it if we type plant some type of flower, we get that flower? Why is it? Because here in Genesis, God set it in order. And God said that's the way it's going to be, and it hasn't changed since the beginning of time. And then we can move on down to verses 24 through 28, and we can see that animal life was created. Because in verse 24, beginning, it says, And God said, <clears throat> Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. So God has created the earth. Then God created plant life. And that plant life was to sustain the animal life that came about after He created the animals here on this earth. And so we see that all of the things of nature that we enjoy came from God. And then when we look at verse 26, listen to what God says, because this is where we see human life come into existence. In verse 26 it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So here we see that God created man. 
And we could read further into Genesis and we could see that God breathed into the nostrils of man and He became a living soul. And so there's a difference between man and animal. And we're the only creature that God created that seems to have a soul. I know as wonderful as our pets may be, we can't find where they have a soul. But as people, human beings, there's something different about us because we are created in the image of God. And I think that when you think about just that phrase, we're created in the image of God, I think you can begin to understand why people want to eliminate God from the equation. Because if God created the earth, and God created plant life, and God created animal life, and God created human life, that would make God the maker. And that would make God in charge of all of us, wouldn't it? Don't we answer to God? Shouldn't we answer to God? It's His creation. But if you get rid of God, then you don't have to answer to God. Or so people would like to think. You see, what we know is that, the, that life began by design. And you see that eye, and look out that eye, and you listen with that ear, and you watch your hands, and you use your hands, and you use your feet, and your legs, and your body. All of that is created by God. It didn't just happen. That's what God meant for it to be. And so we know that God created those things. You see, life came from life. It didn't come from non-life. It came from life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 6, But to us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in Him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by Him. All things came by God through His Son, and we're here today because of God's creation. He created us, and we continue on. The human race continues on because God set the laws of nature in place. And so until the end of this world, man will produce men, people. Animals will produce people or animals after their kind. And plants will produce plants after their kind. Why? Because that's the order. That's the design. Acts chapter 17, verse 30, or 23 and 24, Paul says, for as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Paul is telling them about this God, this unknown God, the one that they worshiped ignorantly. And as he walked through the city, he, he said, you guys are you're, you're superstitious. But he wanted to declare this God, and that's the God that created all of these things that we have, that we enjoy. And so man is different. Different than all the rest of creation because we are made in the image of God. Brethren, listen to that. Every one of us, every person on this planet is made in the image of God. Just with that knowledge alone, should anyone ever feel that they are worthless, that they are useless, that they're no good? We're made in the image of God. That says something about what God thinks of us. 
everything we know was made by God. Psalms chapter 102, verses 25 through 27. Of old hast thou laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment. As a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end. Remember what I said this morning about heaven and how wonderful and how beautiful that place may be? When we look at all the creation that God has given us, as wonderful as a, as a, as a sunset may be and a, a waterfall or a river or whatever you're looking at in nature, just even looking at a flower, it's amazing to look at, but all of that is just temporary. You know, those flowers come and go. The trees, you know, they, they green out and then they, they turn to colors and then they are barren like they are now. That's a lesson for us. But that's all temporary. This whole, the whole planet is temporary. Heaven is for eternity. In Acts chapter 17, again, we look at verse 24 through 28 and it says, "...and God who made the world..." And all things therein, seeing that He is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though He needed anything, seeing He giveth to all life and breath and all things. And hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they seek that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, but we be not far from a, far from every one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Even the people there that weren't Christians, even those that didn't follow God, they realized that there had to be a maker. And that's what we learn from the Bible. The Bible even tells us in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 4, For every house is built by some man, but he that buildeth all things is God. We can drive around and occasionally you'll see a house that's being built by someone. No one would be foolish enough to say, oh, they drove by and that house just popped up and there it was. Nobody worked on it. Nobody had to drive any nails. No one had to cut any wood. It just, boom, there it was. We know that that doesn't happen. And if you walked around and you started saying foolish things like that, yeah, that house just got there. Nobody built it. It just got there. People would think that there was something wrong with you. And the same as I talked about earlier, an explosion making a, making a car or something just doesn't happen. We know that things have to be built. There has to be plans. And God had planned and God built and created what we have today that we live on, which is this planet Earth. In Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, Paul says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. 
For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish hearts were darkened. That passage of Scripture could be written today. Because I believe that when people look out there in this universe and they see all the parts and how they all work together, and they work so good together, and to say that that's just something that happened by chance, that takes more faith to believe something like that than it does to believe that God created it. But yet there are people that believe that it just happened. And how sad that is. You see, the purpose of creation is to show that it all belongs to God. And Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 4 says, Behold, all souls are mine. As the souls of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Our soul belongs to God. God gave it. And we need to understand that we belong to Him. And so there's a reason, there's a purpose for being here on this earth. It was made for Him. All the things that we have was made for Him. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. Everything belongs to God. So sometimes we get carried away and we start to think, that's mine. You know, I worked hard. This is my possession. I own this. This is mine. That house that you have really belongs to God. That car that you have really belongs to God. All those things that you collect that you think are so valuable, those possessions that you have, belong to God. They're not really yours. And guess what? When you leave this earth, they all stay here. And they'll be here if they don't get eaten up by rust or moth or something, they'll be here until the end of time, but then they're going to be destroyed. They're not really ours. It belongs to God. So I think you see the pattern that God had. Our soul belongs to Him. Everything that we have belongs to Him. So how should we conduct our lives when it comes to our relationship with God? Romans 11, verse 36, it says, For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things to whom be glory forever. The Bible even tells us that the wicked belong to God. Proverbs chapter 16, and verse 4, <clears throat> The Lord hath made all things for Himself, yea, even the wicked of the day, wicked for the day of evil. Those people that are out there that live a wicked life, those people out there that don't even believe in God, those people that are out there that are tearing down God, the church, and all those things, guess what? They belong to God too. They may not want to acknowledge it, but they do. You see, nothing exists without God. And that's really one of the reasons why we need to be thankful. Because we know it's God that we're dependent upon for our life and our breath and our very being. The first or John chapter one, the first chapter of John, beginning in verse one, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
The same was in the beginning with God. All things were <clears throat> made by Him, <clears throat> and without Him was not anything made that was made. He made it. It's His. It belongs to Him. And it is His choice that we are saved. He has the power and the authority to set the conditions of salvation. You don't. I don't. It belongs to God. Your soul belongs to God. This universe belongs to God. He has the power to tell us what we need to do in order to be saved. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 10, For it became Him of whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Jesus came to this earth and He died. He died a cruel and agonizing death on a cross. And He did that so that you and I could have the forgiveness of sin. And so God has given the provision, made, it, made a way for us to be saved. But He's also put conditions on it that we have to meet in order to have that salvation. You see, God can require us to do things. Why? Because we belong to Him. It's not our world. It's His. And He tells us what we need, in order, need to do in order to be saved. That we need to believe and repent and confess and be baptized and be faithful and live that life while we're here on this earth. Live that faithful life in service to Him. And when it really boil, what it really boils down to, what does God require from us? It requires us to serve Him. Because all of this belongs to Him, He has every right to expect us to serve Him. And I've said it before, the creation does exactly what it's supposed to do. The moon rotates around where it's supposed to. The earth rotates around what it's supposed to. Trees do what they're supposed to when they're supposed to do it. All the things in nature does what God created it to do. The only thing that fails to do exactly what God wants done is people. We don't always live like we're supposed to. We don't always do what we're supposed to. Sometimes we do things that we're not supposed to do. But in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 2, it says that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all of His statutes and His commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's sons, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. God expects the children of Israel to to serve Him. And He expects us as Christians to serve Him. We're to keep His commandments as it tells us. As we've seen last week in our lesson in Ecclesiastes 12, verses 13 and 14, where it says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment from every secret thing or with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So we're here to serve God. We're here to keep His commandments. Why is that the case? Well, <clears throat> it's not to make our lives miserable, but it's for us to be a blessing. Not only to God, not only to ourselves, but to the people around us. In 1 John chapter 5, and verse 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. 
He doesn't want us to be miserable. He's not asking us to do something that's too complicated. He's asking us to do things that we can do because it's something that He's commanded. And so never forget why we're here, how we got here, and we're all this nature that we have, where it came from. But it's God who created it, and God who owns it, and it's God who made us, and then God really owns us. And let us do what we're supposed to do because we serve a living God who is still alive and well today, watching over His creation, making sure those laws of nature stay in place so that you and I can exist on this planet, but exist to serve Him. If you're not a Christian, Jesus died so that you could have the forgiveness of sin. It says you have to have faith in Him and you have to be buried with our Lord in baptism. That's what Jesus said in Mark 16, 15, and 16. Tonight, if you're not a Christian, you can do that. You can be buried with our Lord in baptism to have your sins washed away. If you are a Christian and you haven't lived as you should, we would ask you to repent, turn away from that sin. If it's something in a public way that you need our prayers for, we're here to help you in any way that we can. If it's something private that you and God know about, then you can take care of it with you and God. If it's something between you and someone else, then you can take care of it with that individual. But if you need our prayers or our help, we're here to help and serve you in any way that we can. And we would encourage you to come and have a seat up here on the front row while we stand and sing.